Today is Friday, May 8th, and this is David Bayata, your CEO for our coronavirus update. I'm here to first and most importantly, thank and recognize each and every nurse out there at Bayata and in the community for their incredible courage, their resilience, their compassion, empathy, and incredible hard work to help lead society, lead our organization, uh, and lead and support our clients and their families through this incredibly difficult time. This week marks the beginning of National Nurses Week, and here at Bayata, our Bayata nurses are really the soul of our organization. And for over 45 years, uh, the nursing spirit has been really the the essence of who we are and what we stand for and how we treat others. And uh, there's no better time uh, to ensure that we recognize and acknowledge that spirit and all of you that embody that than this week during this time. Uh, this is an incredible trying time here at Bayata. We are working incredibly hard. Every single day we're caring for dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of COVID positive patients. Uh, we're getting new referrals every single day. We have families and employees and clients and their families who are experiencing the virus. Um, and not to mention all of the change and complicated dynamics of our personal lives um, outside of work. And so um, this is something that's really a marathon, not a sprint. We are uh, still every day finding out new information and making adjustments to how we support each and every one of you, how we support our clients and their families, and how we make great decisions um, to ensure that we have all of the tools, all the supplies, all the protocol, uh, and all of the energy we need uh, to run this marathon. So today I want to uh, introduce again Eric Thule, our Chief People Officer, who's going to focus on our survey results. Uh, I want to express gratitude for all the responses you all provide with your feedback about things that we as an organization are doing well in our coronavirus response, and maybe things that we can improve. We continue to really um, uh, take these uh, survey responses very seriously, read every single word of every single comment, look for themes, and, and circulate that back into how we um, spend our time figuring out how to get better. And Eric's going to talk through some of those key key themes and the things that we're doing in response. So welcome, Eric. Thank you, David. And most importantly, thank all of you. Uh, thank you for our, our nurses and happy Nurses Week and all of our frontline uh, healthcare workers. Uh, you are on the front lines of this battle. You are the unsung heroes. And I just deeply express my gratitude on behalf of the entire organization. Thank you uh, for all of the work that you do every day to support our clients and the families in need. And so we, we are listening to you, we're hearing you, and thank you so much for the voice that you're giving to us uh, by, by responding to the COVID-19 uh, survey. And so we, as David said, we're reading every comment and we really appreciate everything that you're doing. And so the themes as are, we heard you, the themes are, protection, protect me, compensation, properly compensate me, and see, continue to com communicate and create some transparency to what's going on with the organization and the, 
and this, this COVID crisis at large. We talked a lot last week around some of the protection elements. And so we want to talk a little bit about how we can support you with resources. And so I want to just uh, call out a couple of things. We have a resource guide for you. If you look at this URL, bayata.com slash COVID19.asp, you can find some of the financial, emotional support resources we're working on. These are just a few examples. Everyone has access to our employee assistance program for anyone in a financial, emotional crisis. We have a variety of relief programs, which we're gonna spotlight one of our employee relief funds next week as well. Our prayer line is available. Another exciting thing is our well-being guide. This is called the Renew Guide. Our team is busy looking at all of the various different discounts, options, um, things that can make frontline healthcare workers' lives a little bit easier. And there's a lot of these programs scattered around the web and different organizations. So our, our, our team's working hard to kind of consolidate that to make it a little bit easier for you and your family to find things that might make sense to help you um, make, make ends meet a little bit closer in this time of crisis. Um, and then, and last, hazard pay is something that we need to talk about. And if anything, we've seen, I've seen it more in more comments coming through the survey than most other themes. And I think it's really time we just kind of start talking a little bit about it. And I want to kind of ask David uh, a little bit around, you know, David, there, you, we see some organizations out there that are call, you know, calling some things hazard pay. They're throwing an extra dollar to an hour if you work at Target or the Walmart warehouse. Like, can you explain a little bit of how you think about this and, and why, you know, how Bayada is thinking about this and how we can start working towards something like this? Yeah. Like you said, this is a really important topic. Clearly, um, there is nothing that we want to do more than to increase our wages in recognition of the incredible bravery and courage that each and every field clinician is demonstrating walking into the home of a client um, with unknown risk. And I think hazard pay, while I don't love the term, um, is really about recognition and acknowledgement of all that courage. And there's nothing that I and we um, want more than to have the resources to be able to pay people more um, for their bravery and for their commitment to the organization, to our clients. Uh, our organization works in a very simple way. Uh, our, we are reimbursed by insurance companies and government agencies. And so when we get uh, increases in reimbursement, we convert those into increases in wages. And so the number one mechanism that we have to be able to pay more, um, we'll call it hazard pay, is to get hazard reimbursement. And so since the very beginning of the pandemic, now for months, we've been working behind the scenes tirelessly uh, to engage uh, the government, state and federal, uh, even local, as well as our insurance partners and other reimbursement sources, um, the VA and others, to, to get them to provide hazard reimbursement in recognition of the critical need of our clients, their members, their constituents in the community, the need for these services and the need to recognize each and every one of you out there that's um, rising to the occasion to provide these services in a time of uncertainty. And so um, please believe me, this, this issue is top of mind. We're working like crazy to get hazard reimbursement so that we can convert it into hazard pay. Um, there are 
lots of opportunities and we're getting very creative to try and find and scrape together anything and everything we possibly can to be able to do this. What I want to make sure that I get across in this forum are two things. The first is we hear you. And this is not something that, that I am willing to ignore. It's not something that I am I'm not listening to. We hear you. And there's nothing that I want to do more than increase your wages and recognition of the current situation. Um, number two is that while you may not see everything that we're doing or feel it yet, please know that we are working tirelessly for hazard reimbursement so that we can convert it to hazard pay. It's really important. Um, and uh, I'm committed, deeply committed to ensure we do everything we can. Anything, Eric, you want to add before we transition to our uh, video spotlight for the day? I'd like to continue to reinforce is that we love to hear from you. Please uh, keep on replying to the same survey response. We want to know how we're doing. We want to know what's on your mind and continue to write those comments. You can take the survey every week if you'd like because we want to know uh, what's on your thoughts um, and on your minds every week so we can improve and support you better. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Before we head into the weekend, I wanted to share this news clip about one of our clients in Minnesota uh, and, uh, and send you off with, um, with, as we've been trying to do on Fridays, with a bit of a, a feel-good story. So enjoy your weekend. We will see you next week. This news will highlight essential workers during the coronavirus pandemic. One group of medical workers making a big difference for families during the pandemic are in-home nurses. And I take a look at these difficult decisions families are having to face right now during the outbreak who have children with various special needs and how the in-home nurses are staying committed to their jobs. Going for a nice walk. Elise loves being outside and feeling the breeze. A breath of fresh air amid the difficulties of a pandemic. The work of Jessica Pierce and other nurses with Bayada Pediatrics Home Health Agency is essential and social distancing isn't an option. The way that she communicates best now is kind of by hand squeezes. Talking through touch. In-home nurses working with Elise can't do their jobs without it. The work that you guys do with Elise is so personal. It is up close. You can't be six feet apart. I'm not worried about getting close to her. For her getting me sick, I worry more about me bringing something into the home. Yeah. Worries Elise's family understands firsthand. It's my girl. So brave. Elise has Neiman Pick disease type C, a neurodegenerative disorder. The 14 year old needs daily respiratory treatments. I love you. Such a loving little girl. Yeah. And a fighter. And a fighter. Definitely. As a mom, was there ever sort of a fear of, oh my gosh, there's so much unknown with COVID-19, you know, I want to keep my daughter safe. Yeah, and I, I mean, certainly I think it. you wonder, well, should we be allowing nursing into our houses, bringing more people in? And then um, you, you, you have to weigh everything, like the treatments that she's getting from them to keep her lungs healthy, the things that they're doing to keep her healthy. I, to us outweigh the risk. In addition to feeding, bathing, and medical care during the coronavirus outbreak, 
Maybe Judy could pretend the dog ate them. The nurses are right by Elisa's side, helping her with education. Finger knitting was the greatest. No knitting needles needed. And physical movement. Wearing personal protective gear so they can continue working with their patients safely. I would do anything to be with them and make sure that they're having the best life that they can have. Don't smile. Something Elisa's family can count on from these in-home nurses each day despite the uncertainties of COVID-19. Elise is such a special young woman, and all of those in-home nurses are doing such important work. Beata Pediatrics Home Health Agency says it was Girl Scout troops and knitting groups that donated personal protective gear for those in-home nurses to you. Hi, I'm Mel Trice, and I wanted to tell you about Beata's podcast series, Healing on the Homefront. We've got two podcasts. The first one is Clayton's Voice, hosted by Shelby Myers. It's an amazing resource for families of children with special needs. And Shelby, as a mom of a special needs kid herself, can draw from her perspective and offer advice. The second is Healing on the Homefront, hosted by me. In my job at Beata, I'm constantly in pursuit of stories. And in home care, they're everywhere. We delve into the stories of those living and working in home health care, highlighting the relationships and experiences unique to this industry. Please check out what we have to offer by searching Healing on the Homefront on any of the platforms you use to get your podcasts.